Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Sports Network. It's a podcast network. It's a place where you can find all kinds of good stuff. And I'm here today with my buddy Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and I am Jay Kyle Mann of The Dime Drop. So, uh, Kyle, how you doing? I'm good. I'm really impressed. <laughs> Based on our conversation, moments before hitting the record button, I you I'm know really, why really even impressed. bring it up? I don't even. There's <laughs> no I was, way. Uh, I was stifling laughter. This this uh, guy uh, at at some point we're going to make it a regular segment for at least Kyle, man, and maybe both of Kyle's to do some impressions for you. All. <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> because, what people because, want. People well, are clamoring uh, my, for my it. My coach K has has gathered a little bit of a following on this podcast. My so. two my two relevant ones, I think, are Larry Vaud, who I think <laughs> of the Dan every good messenger, and uh, what what was the one? Uh, the other for um, WLAP, what's the one? Uh, the guy? Uh, oh, the the, oh, the reads. Just, yeah, the news yeah, reads. Um, Bill, Bob Bill Bryant. I'm, I'm Bill Bryant. Uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, let me just tell you, but my favorite thing about Bill Bryant is that he'll do like three horribly depressing stories and then he'll perk up and say something so that's like the format so you know he'll be like a woman was a woman was stabbed to death while she had her head turned at a stoplight and then he'd be like the cats have a game tonight against against the duke blue devils and it's that shift would always make me laugh uh i love bill bryant is a, a legend and an icon that's what i would say so today on the 14, pod... <laughs> 14 people were mauled by wolves today. The Cats won by 34. WLAP. All right. I'm Bill Bryan. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, today on the pod, we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the people who didn't quite get their due on the last podcast from uh, Kentucky's big win over big win quotations, heavy ones over Toledo. Uh, do a, you know a light look ahead to Eastern Michigan? I mistakenly was thinking they were playing e- Central Michigan, and I was joking around with Kyle about Jim McElwain, and I, yeah, I had Kyle, the wrong score. Kyle was really excited about his research. Do you even know who coaches the team they're playing this weekend? And I was like, I really, honestly, I don't. I don't know yeah. who coaches, coaches Eastern Michigan, but I do know that the shark humper coaches central michigan you're go- you're going to jail for that you're or you're going to court for sure uh <laughs> the, alleged, last- the alleged the alleged shark humper yeah you got me on that last time so yeah anyway eastern michigan i was going to say really quick just a little trivia bit they beat coastal carolina last week uh and do you know what coastal carolina's mascot is the chant chanticleers yeah i was hoping you wouldn't know yeah What's I used com- to work in that part of the world. Okay. Well, it got me thinking about Rockadoodle, which that's a huge digression. Anyway, and we're also going to talk about Jalen Green, who scheduled some visits. And uh, and then we're going to pick out who some guys that we think uh, need to step up. And then we're going to do something a little lighthearted at the end. So uh, we want to start. Do you want to just start with our picks or who, who, our picks for who needs to step up? Which one you want to do first? Yeah, let's let's jump right into that we uh we're talking about you know we were kind of as we we're noodling who we what we would uh, the topics would be for the day noodling's uh, a great word for what we were doing before the pot started uh yeah, <laughs> very anyway. much very much noodling we're not uh, yeah. in the same we're not in the same building so don't don't get that the wrong well play, yeah but, that, uh, that could but, have been that could have gone awry yeah no anyway yeah <laughs> we noodle from our own offices the uh, holy crap all right the idea was uh, just sort of based on Kirk Herbstreet named, I think it's five 
impact players of the week or whatever, best players of the week. DeAndre Square was one of those guys, linebacker for Kentucky, sophomore, uh, starting really in the starting role for the first time. He had a huge game. Uh, in the opener, had 11 tackles, one and a half for loss, half a sack, and an interception. Pretty great start for him. Um, he's gotten some national recognition for that. So I was kind of throwing it to Kyle. Man, um, you know, let's talk about who needs to kind of have a breakout game like DeAndre Square had in the opener in week two to make you feel uh, better about their chances in week three in the, in the game that really matters here early, the Florida game. Um, and so you, you'll you take one on offense. So you've already chosen one. I've got one on defense. I'll go first. Um Brandon Eccles, to me, is that guy, uh, in part just because of the group position group he's in. We need to see a step forward from the secondary. It was a little bit of a rocky start. They, they ended up finishing fine, as we mentioned. In yesterday's podcast, they gave up no touchdown passes and, in, and in fact, intercepted one. Um, but there were some shaky moments. And Brandon Eccles is a really interesting guy because he was a junior college transfer, highly ranked. Uh, he was a JUCO All-American uh, he was ranked, I think, the number seven JUCO corner in the country by both 247 and Rivals. Um, they had some competition to get him. Well, you obviously go get a JUCO guy in a position of need because you want him to play day one. He, he was hampered with some hamstring problems in the preseason and limited a little bit in camp, so he didn't start the opener, but he comes in in the second quarter. He immediately has a pass breakup on a third down to force a punt. He ends up in basically two and a half quarters of work, I think, uh, breaking up three passes for Kentucky. They broke up five total all day, and he had three of them. So I, I, he's a guy to me that could make a huge jump, could move into that starting lineup sooner than later, um, and his credentials are pretty ridiculous. He In junior college, he was the number two player in the country with six interceptions in all of junior college football uh, a year ago. He was fourth in the country with 12 pass breakups, and that was only in 10 games. He so also he's had he's four- a, a confident guy, too, because uh, I thought it was pretty funny that he jumped out and said he was already better than half the SEC yeah, secondary guy. But uh, wait, but really what he said was that he's average. That's all he said. He said, I'm an average. <laughs> right, yeah, I'm like right, I'm right in the middle. I'm, I'm right better there. than I'm, yeah. I'm, better, I'm, better than, <laughs> I'm better than one half of the players that played my position, uh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even if he's an average SEC corner, that's great for them because of all that they've lost, they they need an average SEC. They need corner. average, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just need uh, to avoid below average. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, forty nine tackles at the corner position—that's impressive. Blocked a kick last year. Uh, to me, that's a guy, Brandon Eccles. He's the guy who needs to be as good as he was for you know a couple of quarters. He needs to be that for four quarters in this game or however until till it turns into a total beat down and to just kind of say okay look i can do this a couple games in a row i'm ready to go run with florida wide receivers which is a much bigger challenge yep uh on offense i well i wanted to give we didn't get a chance to do this but i kind of wanted to give a shout out to the some of the bigger t- targets that terry hit uh i don't know kentucky just i was thinking about this kentucky just seems to have more guys this year and it's been increasingly moving that direction that they just have more guys that look the part. And in the receiving core, and specifically the tight ends and some of the bigger uh, wide receivers, it just seems like they have more huge guys. Does it seem like Kentucky yeah. could field like a good basketball team? With their- well, yeah, yeah. You start with Ahmad Wagner, who for played. Sure. It was a scholarship basketball player at Iowa. Uh, for three years, yeah. Jordan Wright was uh, not not in the receiving core, but Jordan Wright was actually a pretty good high school basketball player, wasn't he? 
Pretty sure. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but that sounds reasonable to me. I think he was. But anyway, Alan Daly played. I, we just didn't get to mention this. Alan Daly, he looked great, I thought. Two catches yep. for 31 yards. Wagner got three catches, 57 yards, picked up. Did he, did he get two? I think he got yeah. two PIs. Uh, got, pretty incredible. Five of his first seven uh, like targets from the quarterback, and he, he got – yeah, five of, five of the seven were PIs. Right. Yeah, well, he's a he's a six foot five, two hundred and thirty five pound former uh, forward in Division One basketball, major conference basketball. And here's the here's what the number ended up being in the in the game the other day. Uh, he had five targets, three of them were catches, as you mentioned, for fifty seven yards, and, and a couple really impressive ones. Hard guy to bring down, and the other two were p- pass interference. So all five balls thrown his way, something good happened. I think all five resulted in first downs. And then last season, he was targeted five times. He didn't have a catch, but four of the five were pass interference. So he now one has... One huge one. One absolutely huge one at Missouri. Yes, yeah, it's, it won the game. So yeah. he now has been targeted ten times as a football player in his career, and nine of those times he's either caught the ball for a first down or drawn a pass interference flag. Six pass interference flags and ten career targets. Every time you throw him the ball, something good happens. So I'm gonna yeah. just I'm gonna go out on a limb and say throw him the ball. Exactly. <laughs> More. I think he, I kind of feel like I feel good about him. Even in, in the open field, I thought he looked he looked more limber than I expected because you kind of yeah. think that he might just be a big physical like blocker type guy. Um, but anyway, another guy is uh, Keaton Upshaw, who I thought really really optically popped. Like he he looks like a pro. Like. Uh, he's a redshirt freshman, I believe, 6'6", 255 pounds. So he's a big old boy, but he caught two passes for 19 yards, and one of those was a big gain, not another word, uh, <laughs> and that was for 17 yards. Yeah, and ha- and that one looked like it could break, too. I mean, that was a, a nice play that, you know, if if he gets by one guy, he's gone for a long touchdown. He, he is, as you said, like to me, eyeball test, Keaton Upshaw's, very high on the list of dudes you want, you know, the, the first off the bus thing, uh, he, he's on that list. Oh, for sure. He just, uh, Kentucky just looks like a big SEC football team to me, like more, more than in a long time. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but, uh, the guy that I just wanted to give them some love cause we didn't get to talk about him, but the guy that I think, uh, Kentucky needs some consistency from, and that I would like to see pop a little bit more and become a more def- dependable target is uh, uh, Josh Ali, fabulous he. Uh, and I'm hoping that he can break out this coming week because this past week he did get a touchdown grab, if I'm not mistaken. It wasn't yep. uh, it wasn't a big gain or anything, but uh, Terry found him uh, in the end zone. What do you think about Josh Ali? Well, yeah, and, and he was also the victim of, you know, we talked about a, a couple of throws, maybe a handful of throws from Terry Wilson that were off target. He was a victim of a couple of those. I think one of them was in the dirt. Um, but this, the, the touchdown in the box score, it's totally underwhelming. I think it was a two yard touchdown. There was yeah. kind of a goal line play, but I went back to watch it before we started and I'd sort of forgotten it. And it was a, a, I would say a generally kind of forgettable type game, but it was a really, really good play. It was a leaping, it's kind of a rollout to the right for Terry Wilson, a throw to, to the front kind of corner of the end zone. And he's got a guy on his back. It's a leaping full extension catch where he's got to tap his toe, hold on to the ball as a guy's hanging on his back and driving him out of bounds. And he does all that. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's a touchdown. Ali has got a chance to be really, really good for them. Bryce Oliver, again, just throwing names out here, but another guy, he sort of he sort of defied the thing that I've that a lot of us that have covered the team for a while have, have kind of joke about the the curse of the spring game, like some random guy has sort of a like huge the spring SI, game. Sort of yeah. like the SI cover. Yeah, you don't want to get that or the or the NBA live cover. Or whatever <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Saheem King, I think, is like you know, they're going to like name a spring game award after him. Like he would rush for 100 yards in the spring game and then never be seen again. Uh, happened a lot. A lot of different – there was a – I can't even remember his name now. Early in my time covering Kentucky, 2011-ish, 12-ish, there was a guy that played also on the baseball team who had like 120 yards – receiving in a spring game and look all world and was i don't know if he was ever heard from again i think they're still looking for him um but bryce oliver was that guy name nobody'd really you know the casual fan probably never even heard um kind of an underrated guy he's a you talk about basketball he's a guy that i believe that like they they he said he's like russell westbrook in basketball he would like dunk on people and stuff um, There's always a lot of good athletes that played a lot of sports. You know, yeah, uh, I think had a. I think his story has had a major injury in high school, and so a lot of schools fell away. And Kentucky stayed on him. Had over 100 yards in the spring game, but he didn't disappear. He actually had a great, another really nice leaping, well defended uh, touchdown grab on a long throw, 32 yards from Terry Wilson uh, yeah. at the goal line. So a bunch of guys. I thought there was a lot of encouraging things in the the the, the receivers and the tight ends. Terry Wilson completed passes to eight different guys. Well, that's good because that's going to help your gravity on the field. That you, you know, it's you have a good baseline of a lot of guys that just made plays in week one. So hopefully they can continue that in week two. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, with that, you know, I, I'm with you on Josh Ellie though. I think he's got a chance to really be a big time star. Yep. Let's get. Uh, let's take a break. Let's let's, uh, let's pay it. the bills. All righty. So uh, this is an interesting kind of time for recruiting. There's been a little bit more. I feel like, you know, recruiting has become a thing that is not, uh, I don't know. I feel like Kentucky fans have just acted like uh, trust fund kids lately. Not that they don't ever for, you know, for other reasons that we won't talk about. But in terms of recruiting, they don't worry about, there's just like, it feels like there's just money in the bank. You know, Cal's been really consistent. His classes have been, I mean, they're unparalleled through the history of the school. Every, starting with the John Wall, the DeMarcus Cousins, uh, moving on to Brandon Knight, Terrence Jones, and just so on and so on. I think he he's had the number one class how many times out of, out of, out of uh, the, his time here? Uh, boy, I don't have that one right in front of me, but I do know he's been one or two uh, by all the major services in every single one of his 10 recruiting classes so far. So yeah. it's, it's yeah. basically Duke or Kentucky every year. Arizona slips in there sometimes. This year, it was uh, Memphis that came and snatched away the number one ranking almost by just virtue of sheer volume because they ended up signing like what eight guys? Something they even guess. they even didn't they didn't even get Rajon Tucker, the guy who was gonna uh, who ended up not going back to college. Transfer, I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah uh, but if they'd gotten him, good lord! Um, but they're still going to be good. Really, really going to be interested to watch their pro day uh, coming up here in a little bit. But you know, it feels like there's been a little more movement lately. You know, there's been buzz with Terrence Clark, who we talked about. Uh, but the guy that has been on everybody's mind lately is a guy named Jalen Green who is a big, explosive combo guard. He's considered uh, the number two combo guard in the class of 2020 behind Cade Cunningham, who I'm a big fan of. And he is ranked number three overall. 
all. Uh, and he set his visits recently. Um, and those visits are Oregon on September 13th, Auburn on the 26th, Memphis on October 2nd, and Kentucky on October 16th. Uh, and, well, there's one that's not in there, actually. He's who else, Who's the fifth one? Why is that? Uh, I think that's it. Um, oh, okay. But the, the interesting thing about that, those, that uh, run of visits there is there's a gap between his Memphis visit and his Kentucky visit, and you'll notice that his Kentucky visit on the 16th through the 18th is the weekend of uh, the big or the uh, blue-white scrimmage, not Big Blue Madness the weekend before. And um, uh, Ben Roberts of the Herald Leader has a story up about that. It's a thing that you know we were a topic we would have gotten to at some point, but Ben explains it really well there for the Herald Leader. There's kind of a uh, for the first time there's a conflict for Kentucky. Uh, recruiting conflict, the uh, USA basketball uh, mini camp for you know high school level players is going to be the same weekend. And so Jalen Green obviously is one of the guys who's been in USA basketball. There's other guys, uh, you know, Josh Christopher, <clears throat> another top 10 player that they're in on. Kentucky has made his list of his top five, Missouri, Missouri Arizona State, UCLA, Michigan, and Kentucky. He's, visit, he's scheduled visits with every one of those schools except for Kentucky. And for Josh Christopher, that Madness weekend is open. You, you know, when you look at his other dates, he, he's available that weekend, except he's probably also going to be under consideration for this USA basketball mini camp. And so some guys, some top, top guys that would probably, you know, are seriously considering Kentucky and would probably visit during that time are not going to be there for Madness for the bit. And that's, there's a reason they spend three or $400,000 on what we've kind of talked about before is a little bit yeah. of a dud when it comes to actual basketball, but it's a laser light show not to impress the fans. Sorry guys. It's to impress the guys sitting right behind the bench at madness well, and the row right behind John Calipari, the recruits and uh, Jalen green and some others may not be there because of that. Yeah. Well, I, I guess in terms of uh, transitioning what people I guess should know, I mean, my my quick kind of rundown on Green is that he's just like a slinky, flexible, like has uh, a bucket getter, super, super explosive laterally and vertically. If you watch him, I don't know how big he's. He kind of reminds me of Hami in the fact I don't know that he has like huge hands. He kind of he kind of has that like he can uh, rev up for his big like right-handed hammer dunks. He's kind of that kind of guy, uh, but he's a little raw offensively, I think. Uh, but I mean, in terms of an ideal class, you were talking about that this could be uh, the class that could get Cal's sort of quote unquote mojo in the abstract back on, because he's never just failed. But right. in terms of this class, uh, we, I feel like I'm on one side and you're on another in terms of, uh, you seem like you're a little more optimistic that they could pull off, uh, because you know, they got Fletcher committed, they got Brandon Boston committed, uh, and then green and Christopher are two guys that they kind of want to land too. Why are you optimistic that they could land all four? Uh, not necessarily all four. I just, I think with what's already with the, the hay that's already in the barn, BJ Boston, a you know, a top 12 ish player. Cameron Fletcher, uh, top 40-ish player, um, and then these guys that they're in really good shape with. There are just so many of them that they're in in pretty deep with that I feel like they're going to end up with a class that will be, um, 
you, you know, will maybe end some of the like, is Cal losing his touch thing? You know, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Terrence Clark is, is in the 2021 class. He's now a hundred percent in all the various predictions to Kentucky. All the all the buzz is to Kentucky. I think everybody that I trust, who's you know, sent, tends to know these type things in the national recruiting world, thinks it's going to be Kentucky. Um, and that would be a huge one. I mean, he, he, he's probably going to reclassify to 2020. Terrence Clark is. That makes him a top five player in that class, any class. And that sort of ends that drought. They haven't gotten a top five player since, I think, 2015. I would, I would caution everyone though, and I would, uh, and not that this is, sounds condescending to you, but I would, I would say I would caution, caution everyone to not commit the fallacy of assuming that every class implies the same type of talent based on sure. the number because you talk about where a guy gets drafted say is another parallel in you know a guy where a guy gets drafted in 2019 is absolutely not the same thing as the 2018 class because you're not going to get you know in the 2018 class you got like a franchise level talent at the number five pick that's not going to happen in, in 2019 and I, I'm a little hesitant to go by that thinking because um, you know, really, it just speaks to how just dumb overall it is that people would get upset about this because these guys, it's sort of like those jumbotron games at like sporting events where you never know where that you know maybe, maybe the red cup is behind or the red what you know what I'm talking about those like stupid the races. ping pong ball is yeah whatever the, it is it's under the hot dog instead of the hamburger <laughs> exactly 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 they're gonna shift because guys develop at different paces and, and, and like what where a guy is currently does not yeah. tell you what they're gonna be so I I think I would I would be careful with people sort of. Uh, getting upset with Cal about that or over congratulating him about that because I don't really know I don't I don't know that Kentucky's on with anyone that I would consider like a tier one guy like I, I mean I do think Green is really good Boston I'm okay with Christopher I'm okay with like I think the guys like Jalen Johnson Kate Cunningham I do like Evan Mobley um you know, I don't think they're going to get any of those guys, and I think those are like the tier one. I probably forgot some, but uh, I don't know. I'm a little yeah. skeptical that they're going to get like that guy, like that rock star. Yeah, I think Jalen Green's probably the closest. I think Clark is in the conversation. I think he can be that. I, I think he's. I think he's a. He's certainly uh, an elite level athlete. Uh, whether he's an elite leather level all around basketball player, I don't know. Yeah. But my, my thinking in terms of you know, could this be a class that sort of ends some of that talk is more about volume. Cause I think they're going to end up with a bunch of good guys. Um, not just, you know, any one particular guy, you know, they could get any number of green Clark, Christopher. I could see him getting two of those three. Um, you know, and there are, there are others. There's some big guys in the class. I think they've got a great shot at Lance Ware. you know, I like too the fact that there's probably some guys in this class that they're going to get that are really good players that are, I think on the front end, you think are probably multiple year players. Lance Ware is a guy like that. They get mm-hmm. Isaiah Jackson, who's a five star kid who may not be a one and done. Isaiah Todd, a top ten player. I mean, they're just in with so many of these guys. You know, at the power forward position, Greg Brown, Isaiah Todd, both top ten players. Isaiah Jackson, yeah. a top twenty five player. Lance Ware, a top thirty five player. And they're in, you know, good to great shape with all four of those guys. Uh, in the front court, we've been talking so much about these guards. So, you know, I think it's going to be a big class for Kentucky because they're going to probably need to replace a bunch of guys. And and I think 
they're off to a good start and in a good enough position with enough high level players that this this is going to be the number one or number two class in the country when it all shakes out, which isn't necessarily new, but uh, but I think it'll be a good group. Two things. I think they already have their wings. I don't think they're going to get any more. I think Fletcher and Boston are the two guys. And then also the second thing, I Isaiah Todd and Greg Brown, I like different things about both of them. If we could just combine them somehow. Yeah, if we could right. do basketball brain and mentality surgery. Yeah. I'm high on Todd, though. I'm higher on Todd than most people. And, in fact, he's now moved up to the top ten. Uh, in the two four seven composite, I told you early in the spring, like I watched him and Scotty Barnes play together on the same team, and I like Todd better. And you know, Barnes has been a top five or six, you know, seven player from the get go for mm-hmm. for a couple of years now. Um, there's a lot I do like about Isaiah Todd. He's not a yeah. perfect player, but yeah, I think you're right. If you combine him and Greg Brown, you got a, you know, you got a potential number one pick. You got a monster. All right, let's take another break. Okie dokie. We're going to do a really quick. Did you laugh just now? <laughs> I, I, I took a. I was, I was trying to get it done before, uh, before we came back, but I was taking a deep breath because I'm was. i bracing for whatever this question is going to be. Okay. I think I know what the answer to this might be, but. Uh, and I don't feel bad about doing this because we covered a lot on this episode. Uh, what would your own personal hell look like, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Tucker? You think you know what the answer is? Yeah, I think be? I do know. Oh gosh! I'm not going to say because I don't want to taint your answer. I want your uh, I want uh, your unadulterated. What would my own candor. personal hell look like? Uh, God, I don't know. This is just dead air. I being, need you to answer. Just being chained to a chair in front of Sean Hannity. <laughs> <laughs> I had no boss that looked like Sean Hannity. Uh, anyway, or Tucker yeah. Carlson, T- Sean Hannity, and Tucker Carlson. Just you had being to chained to a there. chair in front of them. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say you, you, you're a neat freak. I was going to say you being in like a perpetually like dirty house. Wouldn't that be your personal? Oh name? yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess if we're talking about uh, more, uh, more sort of innocuous non-political things <laughs> well you went straight for politics uh, well Guys. i didn't i didn't say like donald trump uh uh you know but regardless of the topic i just i find people like that just sort of the bloviating, bloviating. Uh, wow. spin spin meisters um to be pretty obnoxious but uh so anyway, we've probably lost have to have our listeners on that answer, but um, good one, nice job, Kyle. This guy, this guy texted me a picture one time of his grocery or his his grocery. What the heck am I doing? His his fridge. I know. Sometimes my mind is like a switchboard that's like here's my grocery, Kyle. Anyway, uh, no, he sent me a picture of his fridge one time. And it was like the most immaculate, perfect thing. Like everything was like perfectly centered and like the labels were all facing forward and everything was just very, very categorized. It's true. I'm a pretty big neat freak. I've gotten, I will say, uh, I mean, having kids just like alters everything about your life. But one thing, it's definitely like tested my... Uh, or or ex, or extended my willingness to to tolerate some nastiness because like kids are just gross in every yeah. way, like they make a mess in every room they go in. They like crumble up food in every part of your house and your car. So I, I'm I tolerate like way more 
than I did before, but you've been, you've come over to my house recently. And so, you know, like I, I still can only take so much. Like I, I clean, I clean my entire house. I clean my entire house every day. So, uh, Oh yeah, my God. I am a neat freak. That's incredible. I have to be like pressured to clean. Uh, mine would be, since you asked, uh, I would say mine would be if I was, <laughs> I've said this many times, actually, and my wife knows that this is actually totally true. Uh, my personal hell would be if I was stuck in a car with a group of people picking where we were going to eat for, for the rest of eternity. <laughs> that's, a, that's like everybody's personal hell. I am like, I, I I, it gets under my skin so badly because there's like all these like archetypes of people that are in every group. There's always the person who says, I don't care. I'll eat anything. And then suddenly they have an opinion. Once everybody's come to a consensus, there's, uh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's hell. I can't do it. Uh, there's the people who like refused. Uh, I don't, I don't want to incriminate anybody because the examples might be too revealing, but, uh, that, and then also if I just had to move for all eternity, I hate moving. Oh yeah. Moving sucks. Yeah, the, the the that's a good one though. The meal selection, I I think the the biggest knockdown, drag out, just a hor- horrible fight I've ever had with friends, with like my friends, because you typically you just start like you usually don't get in blowout fights with your real good friends. I don't know, maybe some people do. I guess that's the way that's what reality TV is built on. But normal people don't do that. But the worst fight I've ever had with like people that were my good friends was on a spring break trip in a car full of like you know twenty year old guys and girls trying to decide where to go eat dinner one night and it like it was that exact thing nobody would make a decision and I I finally said we're going here and then four people were like oh gross we're not going there. And I was like, none of you had an opinion 30 seconds ago. And it became like, I got, I remember me and like two of my guy friends just got out of the car and walked away. We were just done with it. It's the worst. Just have it, a, just decide, just say where you want to eat. Just say where you, just say where you want to eat. And then yeah, you saying I'll eat anything not, literally does nothing. It doesn't do anything. Just and being, but also don't be the, the, the person who, who on the other end of the spectrum uh, has a reason they don't want to eat at every uh, every suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a good. That's a good. That's a great call. Yeah, that's an, a super annoying thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good spot for us to to cut it. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say for? No, go? I no. Just if you keep talking, I'm just going to end this thing furious. I mean, I'm feeling. I've got like hives right now from from our uh, thinking our about your own personal hell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll think mine and yours. One. Yeah. All righty. Well. Uh, Kyle, do you have any uh, work coming up this week that people should know about? Yes, actually, I'll have a piece this week uh, taking kind of a uh, maybe is maybe by the end of the day when people are listening to this, I'm not sure when it's going to publish Wednesday or Thursday, but kind of taking a longer look at Tyrese Maxey, and mm. who I think is going to lead Kentucky in scoring. I would be really surprised if he doesn't as a freshman, um, and sort of what what his game looks like. It's going to be good. I'm working currently on a profile, a sort of a report, deep dive on Cade Cunningham, possibly a video, and I'm going to have an OKC Thunder video coming out here soon as well on TheRinger.com. So uh, I am J. Kyle Mann. You can find me at at J. Kyle Mann on Twitter. I say a lot of nonsense on there. I'm at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H, and I definitely say a lot of nonsense on there. Yeah, cool. All right, hit up Kyle with your complaints about Sean Hannity and all those comments, and uh, we will see you next time. (laughs) Later, guys.
Oh, and, and uh, <laughs> subscribe and also review us. See you later. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.